1: pull up a stool and join us 585-866-4FAN 866 4326 the sports bar with danger and battaglia on the sports leader 957 fm and am 950 the fan rochester
2: james ran hard tay ran hard um, ty ran hard you know and when you can stay in front of the sticks like we did today, I don't know how many third downs we had, but it couldn't have been that many. I don't think I threw the ball that many times, which, again, I don't just get it done. Let's just find a way to win and, um, you know, felt like the, the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A. Um, but, again, like, I'll do this ten times out of ten times.
3: There he is Bills quarterback Josh Allen after the Bills stomped the Cowboys in Orchard Park yesterday afternoon. Nate Gary, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, joining us here in the sports bar. We've kind of dubbed this, Nate, the the signature Sean McDermott win. I think most NFL head coaches, if had if they had their choice, would win the way the Buffalo Bills won their game yesterday against Dallas. How are you, buddy?
4: I'm good. First and foremost, before I even get into that, I just want to point out that I too feel a lot like Josh Allen felt yesterday, where he's the guy in the group project that didn't do anything and get a day. Whenever I come on your show, because you guys, you guys just make me look so good.
2: <laughs> oh sure, Nate. That's that's uh, it's an oh, easy thing to do
3: no. when you're comparing yourself next to us. I mean, it's not like uh, a very challenging thing to look good next to us, dude.
4: Uh, yeah. Well, I, I was I was hoping you guys were going to get the backhand part of that compliment. Yeah, so at yeah. least at least we're on the same page, yeah. you know. Um, no, but I generally speaking, I would agree because I, I would say it's any defensive head coach's. Uh, I mean, what dream, right, is uh, to feel like you can uh, affect the game plan with your scheme, with your uh, with your play calling and your defect your defensive acumen, and then on the offensive side of the ball. Um, win a game by running the football 45 plus times. Yeah, I mean that's a defensive coordinator, defensive head coach's dream. Um, and frankly, it was an offensive, you know, like an offensive line, an offensive line coach's dream. I, I think these these guys have have really, especially the guys that have been here for a little while, the Mitch Morris's and Deion Dawkins of the world, um, are really kind of used to being guys that. Drop back and pass sets 25, 30, 40, 50 times a game um, and don't get to spend a lot of time getting downhill and, and playing with physicality. And um, man, Joe Brady really, really flipped the script on Sunday and um, found unique ways to, uh, to use the physical advantage that, that the Bills had on their offensive line against the front seven of, of that Dallas Cowboys defense. And um, yeah, I mean, a credit to, to Joe Brady. Um, I, I'm not sure even a guy like Brian Dable. Um, would have had the the patience and the, um, I don't know, the, the wherewithal to stick with something that, you know, I, I mean, he must have ran the same play 18 times yeah. in that game. Uh, I think that's what Dan Orlovsky pointed out. So, um, yeah, I mean, all in all, it was a, a real interesting new way, a new wrinkle um, that we saw the Bills use to not just win a game but dominate an opponent. I, I I just think it adds to what we already know about this Bills team, which is largely they're a finesse pass-first offense that can win in shootouts, um, and it's had a banged-up defense that, ha- that has been, you know, at times this year reeling, but their defense figured it out. And I think from the perspective of what they did offensively um, is they showed something that they had not shown under any of the Bills' offensive coordinators in Josh Allen's era, which is that they can play physical, smash-mouth football, and I think that's a huge thing now that teams are going to have to prepare for moving forward that they weren't really preparing for uh, going into Sunday. So
2: is it just the mindset or how much of it, it is the personnel? Because we really don't talk offensive line, but, but Nate, I mean, yes, James Cook was phenomenal, but you have Spencer Brown. We're not talking a lot about Spencer Brown. Why? It's because he's probably doing his job and, and the guards. I mean, is this the best Bills offensive line that we've had here in the Josh Allen era, Nate?
4: I think no question. Um I think there's a, there's a different mindset with this group, I think, um, that they all very much play off of each other, uh, complementary, very, very well, um, from left to right. And you know, I think Deion Dawkins has been the best version of, him, of himself with Conor McGovern, um, kind of solidifying that left guard position, which frankly had been a turnstile for the better part of a couple of seasons. And, and I think it's gotten the best out of Deion Dawkins. And then look on the right side with, with Osiris Torrance, um, a guy that has just been as steady as anyone on this offensive line. I think his steadiness has also uh, sort of, I think, lended to getting the most out of Spencer Brown. I think Spencer Brown's also healthy uh, and, and understands a little bit more what, what Aaron Cromer's asking him to do week in and week out. And I, and I also want to say that I think the game plan against this smaller defense, finesse-style defense, was, was great. I, I thought it allowed the Bills... Um, to build an early lead and that lead was hugely important to how the rest of that game played out that is not a that 's a front running team but here 's the crazy part guys it feels like that 's how you might describe the bills in years past is a team that hey they can punch you in the mouth and when they get ahead they 're hard to beat um, and I might want to say the same thing about the dolphins I think the dolphins and, and cowboys are very similar in that they are not teams built to play from behind but rather teams that are built to play from ahead and if the bills can get Ahead on you, what they shown what they showed yesterday is that they have a game style and in a in a in a plan uh, to better play more consistently from ahead. Which I, I would have liked to see that game plan get get unearthed a little bit in the second half of that Kansas City game two weeks ago as well. So um, all in all, yeah, the, to answer your question broadly, is this is the best offensive line of Josh Allen's you know career, and I think a large part is them spending the the, the you know required assets to do it, but. But also developing guys and and getting the most out of some players that, you know, frankly, I I could tell you, I I felt I had sort of written off Spencer Brown. And I know I'm not the only one in that, but it, it, it sort of felt like, man, they are really rolling the dice not going out and, and, and at least giving Spencer Brown some competition or or someone in case it doesn't work out. And uh, luckily, that hasn't been the case. He steps his game up in a major way, and um, I think it shows each and every week. Josh Allen is the, is the least stacked quarterback in the NFL. He's already good at not taking sacks. And now he has the time to get through his progressions, to get through his reads, and you're also seeing it in the run game, and this is the most effective traditional-style run game we've seen in Josh Allen's career, and, and it couldn't have come at a more important time for the
3: team. Nate, we know that uh, dating back to the beginning of last season, this team had a desire to run more two tight end sets. You draft Dalton Kincaid, and you start this season with Ken Dorsey as your offensive coordinator, and you're running more 12 personnel than you certainly did last year, and you're among the lead leaders in, in running that two tight end set. Then Dawson Knox gets hurt, you get away from running the, the The 12 personnel, you fire Ken Dorsey, Joe Brady comes in, Knox gets healthy, and here you are now, once again, a third of your offensive snaps are two tight end sets. How important is it to have healthy tight ends to be able to run this 12 personnel that it sure seems they want to run as an offense?
4: They want to run it. I would tell you, though, that this was the first game this season where a defense simply decided not to adjust to it. And that's why they kept going to the well and running the football in 12 and in 21 personnel um, using two, two running backs. It wasn't just Reggie Gilliam. They were putting Ty Johnson out there and like that that pony style. And he was being asked to block and was doing it effectively. Um, I, I would tell you that this was the first opponent the Bills ran a third of their plays with 12 personnel out there. And they simply said we either it was from a, a, a lack of personnel where they could actually match the Bills, um, or it simply was a willingness to not do it. Um, they decided to stay small when the Bills went big. And, man, did they dominate at the point of attack when they were out there in those formations. So um, I would tell you other teams have adjusted, um, have brought out a larger player, or in some cases – put out a standard or traditional 4-3 with three linebackers, um, and that has forced the Bills to remain a pass team out of those looks. But what the, I guess what the lack of adjustments from the Cowboys allowed the Bills to do was to basically say, until you do something different, this is gaining you know, six, seven, eight yards in a cloud of dust. We're going to keep going until, until you stop us. And they simply put, never stopped them. So I think this was the one unique game so far in the 12-personnel era where the opponent simply decided we are not going to change, we're going to stay in dime, uh, we are going to stay in our small looks and the bills just took advantage of them. Other teams can make that change? I'm not sure that the Cowboys really have the personnel at linebacker to
0: make that change. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive.
2: We're talking to Nate Gary, Buffalo Bills Radio Network, as uh, the Bills now heading to L.A. to face the Chargers. Uh, the news this afternoon, Nate, uh, we know one player that won't be going. That's uh, Jordan Phillips, which kind of a bummer. I mean, he's been uh, you know, a useful part on the defensive line there. So I guess the question is, how? what do we think of Puna Ford stepping in? And what are you hearing about a return here for Daquan Jones here? Are they getting close, do you think?
4: Yeah, it seems like they're going to slow play that anyways on the Daquan Jones. They probably should front um, – yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I listen. I've been sort of up and down this year on on Jordan Phillips. I think he went on a stretch in, in the middle of the season when this defense was struggling, and you know he just was making dumb plays, over aggressive, and fifteen yard penalty. And that that play that I didn't particularly love in the Eagles game on on the, one of the third and one tush pushes, and is kind of silly and and you know not exactly a headsy play and. um I didn't. I didn't really love at times Jordan Phillips' game this year, but I thought he had a fantastic game on Sunday. Coming off of the edge, he had a, a twist stunt um, with with Leonard Floyd that was a thing of beauty. Yeah. Um, that ended up. Yeah. Uh, that led to a sack. So yeah, I, I, I noticed him on that play come off the field grabbing his wrist, but he ended up playing the rest of the game. Um, and then it, I, I, I'll tell you, I've never heard of a player getting surgery the night of a night after a game. That was certainly a, a new one for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would think that either the next man up or uh, Elianku or or um, Puna Ford. But uh, yeah, they'll, they'll miss Jordan Phillips in those pass set it, uh, downs, and, and maybe we'll see more of uh, Gregory Rousseau getting bumped down to a three technique in those pass rush situations. Um, as hopefully, obviously, you, you get AJ Epinesa. Uh, kind of back here too as well but um, yeah I, they, they still got bodies there which is good Yeah, they might rely on and, and lean on Linval Joseph a little more too and mm-hmm. Tim Settle in some of those spots but they've got depth of the defensive line if it's the one area on their team right now they can withstand a, an injury or two too it's definitely on that defensive front.
3: It was interesting yesterday as well in the, in the Bills secondary the the lack of of Micah Hyde you see more Taylor Rapp we saw more more Cam Lewis, and I think we all kind of say to ourselves, "All right, well, if you project what this roster looks like next season, do you have Hyde? Do you have Poyer? What are you doing with your first round pick? Are you investing in a safety? Have you seen enough of Rap? Have you seen enough of Cam Lewis? I know Cam Lewis kind of like conjures up some negative images, but Cam Lewis had himself a nice game yesterday. Do the Bills have depth there at the safety position behind behind Poyer behind Hyde?
4: I think they do. Uh, let me say this. I, I, I rewatched this, the broadcast angle yesterday. I, I, the guy that I think consistently stood out to me was Cam Lewis. Uh, both, I mean, special teams, he made two fantastic special teams plays. Um, he has maybe the best versatility of anyone in the defensive backfield. He can play slot corner. He can play single high safety. Uh, he can play in the box as a defender. I, I have been thoroughly impressed with his progression and his his development. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you, you, you think about that Justin Jefferson play last year and, and maybe that's the resounding image you have when, when people say his name, but I, I've been just super impressed with him uh, and his development as a player. And, and, and as far as Taylor Rapp goes, you know, I, I, I know some people, he, he kind of, rubs people the wrong way. And he had that personal foul penalty and he plays a little reckless at times. Um, but all in all, I, I think he's one of the guys you're probably going to lean on for the future. Um, he's fast. He can play in the box. I've liked what I've seen from him. He hasn't been a liability in coverage. Um, if you told me they went into next year with, with Cam Lewis and Taylor Rapp as your starting safeties, I don't know that I'd love it, um, but I, I think that, you know, they solve DeMar Hamlin who, who's, who's in there and uh, can do some things for you. If, the, if another injury pops up and let me tell you, I've been a pretty harsh critic of uh, of Jordan Poyer's this year. He's looked, you know, I think noticeably like he's lost a step and uh, has put himself in some bad situations. I felt I, after watching yesterday's game that it was the best game of Jordan Poyer's season. He also, he looks healthy. Yeah. It looks like maybe he might have been dealing with somewhat, something um, throughout the, the early part of the season and uh, he's maybe something nagging. I, I don't know what it was, but he, he looked healthy. Uh, he looked a little slow to me, um, and he looked like he had a little bit more pep in his step uh, uh, yesterday in his game. I thought it was his best game of the season as well. So I, I listen. I'm not going to maybe um, expect or uh, plan on Micah Hyde making a return this year. I think he's had a a nagging neck injury that is not, uh, you know, something that I would not really mess around with if I were him. I. I personally think uh, this isn't, you know, off of any any insider information, but this guy's had two stingers this year and a neck surgery last year. I think we're closing in on the end of the, the, uh, unfortunately, I think uh, may cut a little soon on the end of Micah Hyde's career. Um, And and I think those are things that, that not only the Bills have to determine and discuss and figure out, but also Micah whether or not he wants to go back out there. So um, I think that they're – I think they planned for some of this by going out and getting Taylor Rapp and, and keeping Cam Lewis around. Um, I think they've got good numbers back there. And that goes without saying that they also have, you know, Saran Neal, who I think can come in and play some slot corner, could play a little safety for you as well. So I think they're, they're really well set at defensive back right now, especially with the emergence of Rasul Douglas. And, and I think Christian Benford is probably playing the best football of his career as well. The defensive backfield, considering all of the issues that they faced and all the adversity they faced – um, it's still a core strength of this team, and, and it will be moving forward.
2: So, uh, Nate, we got a short week, uh, and you got to go across the country. And the the Chargers, who just fired their coach, and I actually I wish that he had stayed around for this game, Nate, because I'm trying to think of you know how could the Buffalo Bills lose this game, in Los Angeles? And I would think, well, it's kind of the unknown here. You don't know what to expect. Am I overthinking this at all?
4: No, not at all. I watched. Mac Jones go like twenty-seven of thirty-one and have a career game and then a week later have like thir- like have eleven completions on 40 attempts or something. So no, uh, I simply this year will not over or underreact to anything. It, it anything is possible. If, if if this season hasn't proved that it, this league is truly and and significantly a week to week league. Um, you'll never believe it. So I, I think for me, um, you can't – this is not a team you want to take lightly. Coming off of an embarrassing performance last week um, on primetime in, 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 in Las Vegas, they've had uh, a, a long week to prepare for this Bills team, uh, although they probably have a little bit more to chew on after watching that performance yesterday in the run game. Um, and they've got a backup quarterback, and you just – you don't know – um, but I, 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 nothing would surprise me. I, I am, I'm certainly not thinking the Bills are going to take this team lightly. They know they're back, they have no margin for error. They can't drop one at this point, especially against an AFC team. So uh, although I, I think the Bills will absolutely take care of business, I'm – I'm simply not going to sleep on anyone at this point.
3: Nate, we've uh, both you and I, I think, have have made it a little side project to be critical of the Dolphins. But it's hard to look at what they did yesterday the Jets and find any flaws, especially without their best player on offense. Project out their final three games here, especially that Week 18 game, which looks more and more likely to be for the division when it's all said and done.
4: Yeah, uh, I I think it really will be. I look at like, if you if you think about a Dolphin schedule here. I mean, they've they've got Dallas coming in. Uh, to Miami here this week, and, and I suspect that Dallas is going to be looking for a big bounce back. At, they have not performed well on the road. Um, I think, you know, the, the Dolphins had a good bounce back victory against a team that I don't think is playing particularly hard right now in the New York Jets. I mean, that, that defensive performance was a joke uh, against the Tyreek Hill list Miami Dolphins, but this um, is it a different animal on the defensive line that, that the Dolphins are going to have to face. I think it's, it's very real that the bills could be a point a half game ahead in the division uh, going into that week 18 game with a chance to, to, to lock down the division for themselves and and, and maybe host a game uh, for the playoffs, which would be, I think, huge for this team. I think they play a lot better at home and, 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 and you'd want people coming to Buffalo in January for sure. I think it's a, it's a good home field advantage for the bills. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think the bills have some payback on the Patriots coming up here. Um, and then I think it all comes down to that week 18 matchup and, and, you know, I, I think the Dolphins are an interesting team right now in terms of who they are. It's kind of hard to tell who they are. I think they're again a front-running team. When teams punch them in the mouth, play physically. Uh, I, I don't think that's a, a recipe really for for winning games for them. And and I think they're going to face a again a face a team that they should be able to do similar things in the run game against this Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, and and they've shown a willingness to run the football. Raheem Mozart's having a you know unbelievable season for them. 20 touchdowns, uh, set a franchise record. So. Um, I, I get the sense that they'll watch what the Bills did and try to replicate it. Um, and it's going to be up to the Dallas Cowboys offense to, to have a huge bounce back game because they did not play well at all. Um, but I, I ultimately think Week 18 is going to be on Sunday Night Football. And it's going to be for the division, and man, if if that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will.
2: Yeah, week eighteen on Sunday Night Football for us here in Rochester, Nate. It's not on any broadcast, even. Like we're outside the radius here, so I feel like you're, you're going to get a lot more listeners here. I mean, gosh, uh, you know, the, the idea that uh, I mean, if I had my choice here, Nate, would I listen to it? Sure. Would I pay the money for Peacock? No, I'd probably go out and watch it at a, at a bar coming up Saturday night.
4: Yeah, I would find your closest watering hole. Uh, and, uh, of course, you toss the pregame on on your way over and uh, the postgame on the way back, because I'll be doing both of those things uh, on Saturday. But, yeah, it's uh, kind of weird. Uh, I, you know, I, I get what the NFL is trying to do. They're trying to, uh, you know, kind of diversify some of these platforms that they're on. But, uh, yeah, making this one that's not a, a really widely used uh, one, I, I think I think you might be trying to find some free uh you know seven day uh you know free access to peacock this week i'm sure they got some kind of deal rolling uh for this game but uh yeah it's kind of a kind of a weird thing but yeah listen these bars uh you know you call ahead make sure that your local watering holes got peacock you should be set
3: nate by default we make you look better we appreciate you stopping by the sports bar as you do frequently after a bills win
4: my pleasure, gentlemen, and uh, happy holidays to both you guys and your families, and uh, we'll talk soon, guys.
3: All Appreciate thanks, it. Nate. There he is, Nate Geary. You can hear him on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network uh, Saturday. Saturday we got the game. We'll have it yeah. for you here on the fan. Took me a half second to what he was saying by default. Oh. Ha. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Nate. Nate's. Uh, we, we like Nate because Nate's got personality. We, like, we want personality. We want guys that we can bust balls with. We want to bust chops where we can. We certainly do it with Mike Catalana, who joined us in the 3 o'clock hour. Nate Gary's always great when he joins us in the 4 o'clock hour uh, here in the Sports Bar. Next hour, happy hour, coming up here at 5. Uh, another guy that is very, very easy to bust balls with. <laughs> The annual fireside chat is on the way. It's the holiday week, you
2: realize, like Christmas Day is one week from today, danger. Crazy. Like, yeah, we're going to get uh, we're going to get in the spirit of things here coming up. Masterstroke who I'm I'm sure is uh, looking at airfare to Vegas in February after yesterday. No question. Summer. Yeah. yeah.
3: Looking at everything in life through those rose colored glasses that he wears. We'll get to happy hour and time for your calls as well on the Good Smoke, Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. 866 4FAN 585 866 4326. Award winning barbecue from Good Smoke, Barbecue and Pub. Their new location at 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester. GoodSmokeBBQ.com.
2: I was out there Saturday night. Tell Fantastic. me. Fantastic. Had the moink balls. Yeah. A little brisket out there. Brian, take care of you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, the They have the the seating upstairs, seating to the side, watching the Steelers-Colts game, so... Fantastic! You're looking for a little. And the parking is easy there. You just pull right up in front. It's the best.
3: Love it. The new location there uh, on uh, Commercial Street in East Rochester. Check out our friends at Good Smoke. Uh, Both Gino and I love us some Good Smoke barbecue. Good stuff there from uh, them. All right. We'll get to happy hour next. More on yesterday's Bills win against the Cowboys. A look ahead to the Chargers. Uh, A round of shots and Master Stroke in the Fireside Chat. All on the way here on The Fan.
1: Oh! You're listening to The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia
0: on 95.7 yeah. FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.